Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome everyone to uh, Redemption Unscripted. We're excited to uh, to be here again to talk about some great stuff. And with me, as always, is our pastor, Rick. How you doing, man? Good, brother. Good to be here. Glad you are hosting today. Yeah. And my name's Gary. I'm hosting. <laughs> yes. And um, the, also with me is Austin, our associate pastor. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. Again, thanks for hosting. It's most of the time me over in that seat, so it's fun to switch it up a little bit. Oh, I appreciate being in this seat today because we're going to talk about something really exciting. Um, so it's January, beginning of the year. Um, I think a lot of people make resolutions, and I know for uh, believers, they they make a resolution to really get into God's Word and sometimes maybe to read the whole Bible or whatever the goal may be. So today we're talking about that. We're talking about Bible reading and just to hear from you guys and your thoughts on this topic. So I, I guess from the top, uh, the question I ask is, is why is Bible reading important in the life of a believer? I have some thoughts, but I want to begin by deferring to Austin. I know you often are in Gary's seat and host this podcast, Keep It Moving. You do a great job with that, by the way. So very grateful for how you make this a useful resource to our church. But today, I love having you over in that seat right there as a pastor speaking into this, and uh, I'm looking forward to addressing it with you. But why don't you take a first crack, man? Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I love about this topic is that, um, I mean, I'm passionate about it. Just I love encouraging people just to build that discipline of spending time in the Word. I mean, I love that people come and hear our sermons here, and we have Bible studies at our church, and God's doing cool things through those things or those different things. But there's there's got to be that step where you're a self feeder, where where mm-hmm. you're spending time with God personally, and uh, and it is a discipline. So I'm I understand it's hard, and like you said, it's the beginning of the year. A lot of people they're motivated, they want to tackle it. And it's, it's a good time to really kick it into high gear. But yeah, I'm just passionate about helping believers not just come and listen to the Word of God or listen to it in a Bible study, but to actually yeah, pick up a Bible, pick up the Word of God and dig into it um, on your own. I mean, there's there's no replacement for that. I love that. So it's the issue of shifting out of passive into active. We're uh, becoming a self-feeder. Like if you think about a child growing up, when you were a baby, people put food in your mouth. But when you mature, you start to learn to put food in your own mouth. And sometimes Christians don't mature past the infant stage. And so becoming a self-feeder, that's huge. Hmm. Another angle for me is the issue of relationship. It's one thing that we hammer here at Redemption Chapel all the time, that we are not in a religion with God, but a relationship with Him. And all relationships are based on communication. Uh, so if we do not, uh, if Austin, if you and I never communicate, there's no sense in which we have a relationship. But because we do communicate, we have a relationship. Well, when it comes to our relationship with God, communication to be healthy has to be two ways. So I speak to God, that's called prayer, and God speaks to me through his word. And so in order for me to have a healthy relationship with God, I have to be both speaking to Him and hearing from Him. That is the communication that undergirds our relationship. So half of that is based on my reading the Bible and being in the Bible and hearing from my Lord. Yeah, and I love you mentioned even that that growth piece. I mean, I it's funny when I if I talk to someone that, you know, might feel like, man, I, I'm not growing in my faith, nothing's really, feels like there's no yeah, spiritual maturity and... And a lot of times I'll ask them, like, are, 
are you spending time in God's word? Like if you're, if you're mm-hmm. not consistently doing that, I mean, we don't have to get into the, you know, everyday legalism. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but just some consistent practice to get into the word, like you're not going to grow. Like, yeah, like you said, a relationship takes communication. If you're just cut off half of that, there's no growth and you're just going to be stuck. I think with the Bible, one of the things I think about is how special it is and mm-hmm. how we, um, we should be careful to treasure the Bible of God's word, in essence, his voice and his words to us. And even in my life, uh, there's been so many days where I open God's word and he's, it's like he's definitely speaking directly to me and specifically in my life. That's a really special thing, and I think we, you know, as Christians, we have to be careful not to take that for granted and really treasure, uh, treasure, treasure his word in our life. Good stuff. Um, so there's a lot of ways we can approach the Bible. It's a big book. Um, mm-hmm. So why don't you guys speak into how we can actually approach Bible reading? Like, where do we start? What do we do with it? Well, we have to start somewhere. I've heard the Bible spoken of that it's like a river where it is shallow enough at the shore that any child can wade in and splash around, but it's deep enough in the middle that you can drown an elephant. And I think that's so true. So, so sometimes people look at the Bible and they're thinking drown an elephant and they're just a little baby and they're scared. You know what? Just wade into the shore. That's okay. Start somewhere. But the good thing is, uh, and Gary, you were in your comments just now, we're referring to this, that the Bible is living and active. That book is different than any other. It's alive. And so you will never exhaust it. You could drown an elephant in the middle of that thing. And so there, there's probably a, um, a, a crawl, walk, run type of approach. Mm, I agree. So meaning that uh, people can um, have different modes. So if, if you're new to it, maybe you just want to crawl. And what's crawling look like? And, and But once you get past that stage, let's grow up, let's start walking. Once you get past that, let's run. Uh, and, and so at, as a pastor, I hope I'm a little bit more at the running stage. But anyone can start out just crawling right into it. Hmm. And I think, too, when you think about that, even with your approach, it's um, so much of it is a perspective. Like if, you know, I grew up in a, in a culture that we – uh, we actually used to get awards if we like read the Bible, you know, X amount of days, like check. And for my personality, I loved that. I mean, that was right up my alley. But okay, pause there. <laughs> Question: How often did you lie? Uh, a lot. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> the prizes it. were really good. And what, what were the awards? That's it was like gift cards and stuff. Gift it, cards. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a creative way to get people in the but word look, of God. Look, awesome again. <laughs> seven days a yeah, week yeah. again. Yeah. Now, in the sovereignty of God, it, it actually did help me create that discipline. But uh, but I think so much of that is, yeah, if we go into reading the Word of God with just like, I got to get it done, checkbox, checkbox, which isn't always a bad approach to discipline yourself. But if you go into that, it, it's not going to really feel like what it is, which is meeting with a with a real God and a living book in front of you. Like, Absolutely. I mean, that's... And so whatever it takes to prepare yourself in your mind, you're not just opening a book. It is God speaking. And, you know, I don't know who said this quote. It's been around forever. But, you know, when you open the Word of God, God opens His mouth. That's Him speaking. Mm -hmm. And so just shifting into that mode when you get into the Word of God is so important when you look at it. And it's interesting because on the one hand, I want to diss the whole checkbox approach where uh, it becomes a formalism, a legalism. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get that. On the other hand, there is a balance. There is like eat your veggies. Like I don't feel like eating healthy every day, but I need to eat healthy every day. 
whether I feel, I feel like it or not. I don't always feel like acting married, but I am married. And Shannon kind of wants me to act married every day, you know? <laughs> and so even with the Bible, like sometimes I don't feel like it, but I need to be mature in my thinking and go, hey, I know I actually need to consume this. I need to eat this today. And so, yes, there is some discipline, some push through, some get where I need to be. Uh, but at the same time, I also want there to be some passion. Hmm. So if over the years, every time I approach my marriage, it's just duty and drudgery, that's hard. And so there should be some passion with the Word of God. Like, I love my God. I love His voice. I love when He speaks into my life. I, you know what, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I need it. I need it. Hmm. Yeah, and two, Rick, I would love for you to speak a little more into this, but I think when you think about approach, uh, you don't want to just open the Bible and pick a random verse. And every day you're like, you know, I'm reading just rant and you don't get context. You don't really get the picture of what's happening. So, I mean, I'd be curious. I know you've talked about this a lot, but yeah, what's that importance of we need to read in context in books? Because I get freaked out when people are like, I just pinpointed a verse and some weird verse in the Old Testament about like, you know, killing people and that's just that's just not a good not a yeah, good right, place right. to start don't do yeah. that <laughs> you, you open up and, it, and put your finger down and it it says that judas went out and hung himself and then you pick the next verse and it says go thou and do likewise and you're like oh this is not good not a great now here's where i want to be uh, considerate though remember it hmm. is shallow enough at the shores that any child can wade in good point, yeah. and i think god is gracious in those moments as we are with young children like the, my when my child starts to walk and falls over i don't yell at him and scream at him and shame him you know and so uh, if that's where you are that's where you're starting out i'm just glad you're getting in the bible and trying it that's good but as you mature I would certainly want all of us to move past that into reading the Bible as it was written, and it was written book by book. So I don't read a verse from Matthew or a chapter from Matthew, but I'm maybe over a month, but I'm successively reading through Matthew verse by verse by verse. And if you're young in your faith, Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. That's what I mean there. So you're reading through the entire book because Matthew wrote that from the first verse of chapter 1 to the last verse of chapter 28. So he wrote it. And then the next book in the Bible, and usually in order, it's Mark. Like that was written as a whole thing. So to read it like that is very important. I know you know that, Austin. Why is that important? Yeah. Yeah, so I just, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can really get in trouble when you, you know, when you read just small chunks of Scripture. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't get the big picture of, you know, not only what's happening in a book, but what's happening in the overall story of redemption throughout the Bible. And and even think, I mean, the whole idea of how we read the Bible with the verse numbers and chapters, like, that's relatively a newer thing. I mean, for so long, the church got these letters, and they just, you know, New Testament at least, they just straight up read them. And you read them, you know, you get the flow of the book, you get an argument that the writer's making throughout. So, yeah, it's, it's a, you're just going to get, I think, a better picture of what God is wanting to communicate through well, that. Kay book. Arthur, you said this great saying, context is king. Mm. Context is king. And so much misunderstanding of what the Lord is saying in his scriptures comes from losing the surrounding context. And I pull it out. So a, uh, a text without a context is a pretext. I can't remember who owns that one, but that's a good one. Like, and so, so these, these proof texting, and, and I just get these things out of their context and misinterpret what the Lord is saying. So the context is really, really important. Yeah. And one cool thing, just to 
maybe we can mention the resources later. A cool thing I've seen is a lot of there's a there's actually a lot of Bibles coming out now that are written like books, like they're reader sets, yep. whatever you want to call them. Crossway has some, but it takes out verse numbers, take out chapters, and and I've actually I'm reading one of those right now, and it it is amazing how it does change the <laughs> flow of a letter in a book, and it. Yeah, it's just it's easier to understand the whole picture opposed to you know breaking it down in some verses and stuff. So, now I will warn of this: that once you shift from just splashing in the shore to really diving in deep and going book by book and verse by verse, it takes a while. Hmm. But that's okay. Like I want to approach discipleship that it's more like a crockpot and less like a microwave. We're such a microwave, instant gratification generation. Uh, and I think I just said I'm in the same generation as you, Austin. You're going to give that to me? I'll let the audience decide. <laughs> Not at all. Right, anyway, but but our, our modern culture is so much wired yeah. that way. And... and that's not the way it goes. So sometimes I need to study and learn and over time, and I find 10, 15, 20 years in, this stuff is really cooking well. Hmm. Uh, but sometimes, man, no, I just want my 15 seconds in a ding, and I pull that thing out neat. It doesn't always work like that. Yep. Well, and you guys being pastors, I know that obviously the Bible is a huge part of your life and uh, preparing sermons, but I know you guys, and I know that... Uh, uh, it's not just sermons that you open the, the Word of God for and study mm-hmm. for, but uh, it's part of your personal life. So what do you guys do in your personal life to dive into God's Word? Yeah, it's funny coming off the book uh, thing we talked about a minute ago. I mean, that's that's kind of my thing is I, like right now, I'm just kind of working through the New Testament um, book by book. And so I'll typically grab a resource to go with it, a commentary, something like that. Uh, the ESV study notes are typical mm-hmm. my go-to. But, yeah, just pick a book of the Bible, and uh, sometimes it's a full chapter. Sometimes it's kind of a paragraph, depending on how it breaks down. But, yeah, just read through it and then read some notes on it. Um, and when I get done with the book, I just kind of move on to the next one. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm doing currently. Yeah. So, Gary, it's a great question. One of the things that I think is sometimes a debate among pastors is, should should you be studying the Word of God apart from your preparation for a message? And I, I land in the camp of yes. Uh, so I, I try to be very careful. Whatever we're preaching through at the time, because we tend to preach through books here, uh, there is some other place in the Scriptures that I'm in for my own personal times with the Lord. Now, I've got to admit, when I go to the Word, I my mind instantly gravitates towards how can I preach this? And, and then I've got to, by discipline, I take a posture of humility that I, that I need to be under the word, not over. I'm not here to fix it, but the word's here to fix me. And so I have to go to it as a student and say, Lord, what are you saying to me? How do I need to grow? And the way I usually do that is I'm going through books of the Bible. I usually have a, a Microsoft Word file open that has the text of that scripture uh, imported into it. And then I use the review uh, thing where you can add notes out in the margin. Uh, so I'm making notes about, like, I'll take a paragraph or a chapter or some logical break of, of the text and... Uh, and I'll be making notes out in the margin. Um, I am you, sometimes I use the ESV Study Bible, like you mentioned, Pastor Austin. I, I'm using that along with to, to supplement my understanding. Uh, sometimes I don't. The interesting thing is it does kind of roll over, and it's a hybrid approach because that will then uh, I'm I'm oftentimes doing like right now I'm in First Corinthians. Well, at the end of this year we'll start First Corinthians. So my own personal times in the Lord with the Lord and His Word will roll over into undergirding my preaching down the road. 
but I, I'm trying to discipline myself that, hey, I am simply a disciple in the Word. Which I love hearing that, too, because that's, yeah, that's, that's the order I would almost want to hear that. Like, yeah, your, your personal time with the Lord eventually is the outflow of your preaching to the church. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, as a worship leader, I can relate to that because mm-hmm. uh, even in my um, times with the Lord, if I'm listening to worship music, I have to be careful that I'm not just looking for new material. Or uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be a personal relationship time. Um, and so I, I definitely resonate with that. Um, yeah. And Gary, let me just kick in. As you were asking what we do in our own personal time, I realized I gave only the side of how I get into the Bible. Now, there have been times in the past as I've been growing up, I use a life change series to go through the Gospel of John or whatever. And um, now I'm to a phase where I'm just me in the Bible and I'm writing notes down. I get that. But uh, that's the hear from God's side. Then there's the talk to him. Uh, I know we'll probably mention some resources on our website. One is uh, called Meeting with God or Meet with God. I can't remember. But it, it, it's something I drew up a while back on helping people know what to do in their times with the Lord, particularly in prayer. I use that almost every time I meet with the Lord. And so I'm very much a paint-by-numbers, keep-it-simple, go-back-to-the-basics kind of guy with that. Uh, And it helps me pray through the passage and respond to the Lord and set my heart before the day and things like that. So so I use that. Uh, The resources on our website are not like for the little people. Well, except that maybe I'm one of the little people. So, uh, you know, I I use those as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when I think of Bible reading, too, uh, in my personal life, I've switched it up. Uh, so there's like mm. the physical Bible, then nice. there's the digital Bible. And so in my personal life, uh, I've, I've switched that up if I feel like it's kind of getting stale. And audible, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah. I've listened to the Bible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just have to gauge how's your relationship with God and how, how is the Bible playing into that? And do you need to switch it up? And there's a lot of, a lot of different things we can do. And we have a context for that. It's called relationship. So if every time I go out on a date with my wife, we do the same exact thing, have the same conversation, go to the same restaurant, same time slot, like it gets stale. And so uh, I wouldn't do that as, well, why would I do that as a disciple? Hmm. And so to be able to switch it up or go on a walk with the Lord or whatever, uh, I think that's pretty important to keep some variety in there. I agree. So uh, one of the plans that's pretty popular out there, especially as we get into a new year, is called Bible in a Year Plan. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hear what you guys think of those kind of plans. Yeah, it's it's funny. I I go back and forth. I mean, I've personally done it um, once, two years ago, I think it was. Um, And it was cool. I mean, I like the, the thing I liked about it for me, and I think I would encourage people, is it is a great way to see the narrative of just the redemption story from cover to cover. I mean, mm-hmm. you just, you see things, you know, play out in the Old Testament you don't normally see as you read through it as a bigger picture in the New Testament. And um, so I liked it. Um, you know, there's some negatives for me. It was a, um, it's just brutal at times because you're reading <laughs> so much. I mean, you're reading like four chapters a day. You know, I couldn't remember what I read the first chapter time I got done. And then if you missed the day, you were just, completely screwed. I mean, you had to read 10 chapters the next day. So uh, it was a great practice. Um, and I would encourage people to at least consider it. I think maybe at least once in your life, give it a shot, but I wouldn't get tied to it. I mean, obviously, like we talked about, I mean, it's a relationship. If if that, if doing a Bible in a year just makes you check a box and feel good about yourself, you're missing the point of reading scripture. So, Well, and there's probably two things married in the same question here. One is reading the whole Bible. 
And for that, I vote yes. Like uh, as a Christian, and now right now, as I'm going through First Corinthians, it might take me a year. Okay, so I'm going down deep, right? But that's not a pace. That that's a sixty-six year plan, right? So to be, uh, if you're new in the faith, I've never read through the Bible. To take kind of a read right through it quicker pace, and to do that to get the big picture, that's awesome. Now, to force yourself into a fabricated pace of get it all done in a year, that's the different question. What I like, though, about getting the big picture is if you think about, like, uh, doing a puzzle, if you don't have the picture on the front of the box, a puzzle is really, really difficult. Because you pick up a piece and you have no idea what the big idea is, where it might go, but when you see the big picture, you go, oh. And so to read through the whole scriptures and get the big picture, now as I go back and drill down in 1 Corinthians, I know kind of where that piece goes in the puzzle. It's very, very helpful to get the big picture. And I also like on the in-a-year plan, uh, I do like the check-it-off thing. I'm Austin, I know you're wired that way. Uh, Gary, you're a one as well. So uh, that's an Enneagram one. So you're, you probably like it. So checking off, there's a good thing to that uh, as far as, hey, this is what I need to do. I get it done. I check it. I feel good. Hmm. The downside is when I don't check it off, God doesn't love me as much. Hmm. Ugh, that's how people go. So here, is in, instead of a relationship that's warm and all that, God is up there. He's frowning on me. He's mad at me. He's disappointed in me. I didn't read my Bible today. And so now I start to judge the entirety of my relationship with the Lord based on my quiet time or devotional life or whatever you call that thing. And, and that's not, um, I, I don't think that's good. I don't mm. think that's healthy. Yeah. And I think, too, something to consider with this Bible in a year is, why does it have to be a year? I mean, that's something we get tied into, you know, we're in January, people want to do it. So you set yourself up for this year, you mess up halfway through the year, you drop off a couple of days, and then you just, you forget it. So, I mean, I would encourage people and even listening, like, just think about reading through the Bible, like drop a year, maybe it's two years, I don't know, maybe it's three years, because it's better at the end of the day that you're walking through the Word of God and meeting with God and learning, opposed to just flying through it. So you can say, you know, at the end of the year, I finished. Yeah. So, well, yeah. And what people often do is they'll come out of the, the gates in January, like, I'm going to do this thing. And they get to numbers and they're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so they quit. And so now this is 2021, so I guess I'll try again in 2022. They come out of the gates in January, they get to numbers and they quit. Happens over and over and over. Instead, once you get to numbers and you quit for a month, and then you pick it back up, and you pick up right where you left off, and you keep reading through the Bible. So it doesn't, and that's your point, Austin, that you, it doesn't have to be in a year, but keep going, get the big picture. Mm-hmm. And we'll link to it in our show notes, but one one of the links is uh, a, a blog post that just has a bunch of different plans. And the cool thing is there's so many ways to read through the Bible. You know, on that page that we'll link to has year, two years, some have just New Testament, Old Testament, chronological, whatever. Um, yeah, because some people that do, that has done what you said, they've read Genesis a lot, like <laughs> 10 years straight. But I'm an expert yeah, in Genesis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of variety of how to read through the Bible in a time span, and, and I would encourage our people to make sure they check that link out. When I think, Austin, you and I have talked in the past about some of those plans aren't based on seven days a week, but five days a week. Which is really good because it gives you a two-day buffer for the days you miss. You can catch up, and I like those plans better. That's the one I used a couple years ago. It your weekend, so you had two days, and it was yeah that helped. That helped a lot. If I didn't have that, that would have been. 
I'm not equate at Leviticus and numbers and all that. So. <laughs> sure. Poor well, and the one thing I'd want people to do, whether they're a five-day-a-week or seven-day, if you're doing one of those plans, just make sure you haven't moved out of a relationship with the Lord type of mentality, that you are connecting with your God, that you are dwelling on those scriptures. One of the good things, the way you know uh, you're reading the Bible, like, kind of rightly in your life, there should be life change. It should be impacting your heart, challenging you. If you're just skimming through the text and checking a box and it doesn't, doesn't touch your life, something's, something's going wrong there. I like that phrase that a Bible that is falling apart belongs to a life that isn't. Now, Christians have problems too. I know that. Um, but, but the idea is that as the Word gets inside of us, it does business inside of us, and we, we want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... When I think of Bible in a year, what I'm hearing is it's not a, a bad thing to do, maybe not uh, obligated to do that. So it's not about Bible in a year. It's more like being in the Bible daily more than it is about finishing it in a year. So good stuff. Well, to end off uh, this episode, why don't you guys share some uh, resources for those who are listening, maybe some resources out, because there's a lot out there. Which ones would you recommend when it comes to Bible reading? My favorite resource on this is Pastor Austin. So, brother, take wow, over. That's... Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, man. What Great. Do you yeah. No. No, I think uh, we've mentioned a couple of times. I mean, the Meeting with God page on our website's huge. I mean, we share that thing. I feel like we send it to people all the time. And that thing is packed with, you know, paint-by-number stuff, just resources to use. So we'll link to that. Uh, Life Change Series, I know you mentioned that. I've, I've used that a lot, actually, because I love... I love that it gives some commentary, but also it asks questions and force you to jot stuff down. So to have, it's very interactive, like a workbook, basically. So you can get those. And those, I think they have one on every book of the Bible at this point. So uh, yeah, I would definitely encourage you to check out the Life Change series. I love that. What The resources you mentioned on our website, uh, Pastor Jared helped me, but I put those together uh, several years back. And the reason why, I went to fellow pastors and I said, hey... We tell people all the time that they need to themselves spend time in the Bible. They should have have quiet times devotionals. Most Christians know that they should, and they feel really bad because they're not doing well at it. What most Christians don't know is how to do that. Hmm. And and so I wanted a how resource. And as I was polling these pastors, nobody had a good resource. And so I I would have been fine not to create something, but just say, hey, Flock, here you go. And yet it didn't exist. And so we put stuff together on our website to try to make it so that you know how to apply this so that you can succeed in really connecting with your Lord on your own every day. Yeah, another resource that uh, is helpful is the YouVersion app. So, um, I mean, that's a great app if you feel like more of a digital format. I mean, there's devotionals and plans built in there. You can even listen to it too. So if you're on the drive or working out, um, but I like it. I mean, I think it's, you know, we could we could talk about some of the balance. I mean, there's so much stuff on there. Some's better than others. But, uh, yeah, it's great to have the Word of God, and we're privileged to live in a time right now we can have so much access, access to it and right you, on our phone. Access. Yeah. We're, we're good. Uh, no, uh, you know what? And there's there can get the paralysis of choice, right? There's yeah. so much choice on version, and yet I have it on all my devi- devices. It's uh, mm-hmm. It's a great app. Yeah. Then the last one I would mention is, uh, it's on our website as well, and we'll link to it, but the Meet with God Challenge. So you remember this, Rick. Back in the day, I think we challenged the whole congregation to do it, and 
kind of reamped it just to fit, you know, whenever you want to. But it's a 30-day challenge. So if you're if you're listening and maybe getting in the Word of God consistently is something you're wanting to work on, it's a great way to say, okay, for 30 days, it's a little checkbox system. You can print out, hang somewhere. But it's a great system to say for 20 days, I'm going to challenge myself to get into the Word. Um, and so we'd encourage you to use that. It's a good resource. It was a September. If yeah, I remember that's correctly. what it was, September challenge. And it, was, yeah. uh, it was a September challenge, and we loved it, and it was so great in our congregation. And we just wanted residual value so that anyone who's starting out could say, okay, I'm going to do a challenge for 30 days, and you can print it off and fill in the month and the dates and all that and check them off. Good resources. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with those resources, I know there's, there's even uh, the the aspect of accountability. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I've uh, used in my life, just having people in your life that are asking you what you're reading. Uh, even in the Uversion app, you can read stuff with people and make notes together and keep each other accountable. So I encourage you guys to do that as well. My daughter Madison has done that a lot mm-hmm. and invited people. And she's often encouraged how... Uh, various different people from our congregation, adults, students, whatever, are chiming in. And, and yeah, it's been, it's not as much a part of my world, but I've seen that ha- pay off huge mm. dividends in her world. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of with social media and all the, you know, junk that's on there, it's a great way to redeem using social media and technology for encouraging each other, getting the word of God. And, and I would even say with accountability, like, share what you're reading in the Word of God. Like, if you're reading through a book of the Bible and God's speaking to you, like, don't just keep it to yourself. Like, share that. Because you could be reading through that book of the Bible and God's sovereignty, He has you reading that because there's someone maybe in your family or in your sphere of influence you could you could bless. So. Do you mean on social media? Yeah, I mean, I think social media is, a, is an easy thing to do it because, I mean, But it's what if there. instead all you want to do is very divisive political posts? Or, yeah. or option B, <laughs> you can go share what yeah. you're learning in the Word of God, and yep. maybe it has redemptive value. I mean, you got options. There, Worthwhile. Options. The and then go listen to our B. other yeah. option B. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. Uh, it's been fun to talk about this, and I hope that it's been a blessing uh, to those who have listened to it. Hope it, it starts off your year uh, really inspiring you to jump into God's Word, make it a huge part of your life this year. So thank you guys, and thank you all for listening. And uh, watch out for our next episode next month. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.